Hey everyone, this is Patrick with Purity for Life. What you're about to listen to is the full version of the roundtable discussion from part one of our series, Babylon, Satan's Seat of Power. The primary focus for these discussions is actually to help students in our residential program relate the content of Pastor Steve's talks to their sexual addiction. However, we thought this particular discussion would be a blessing to you, our listeners, as well. So in this session, three of our Pure Life staff members, Josh, Kyle, and Austin, sit down and discuss the worldly influences that contributed to their fall into sexual sin and how the Lord eventually brought them into freedom. What they discuss challenges all of us to examine our hearts and to ask the Lord to keep us from any influences that might corrupt our minds and our hearts. So one of the things we wanted to do... um in this new series, Babylon, Satan's Seat of Power, is sit down with staff members of the ministry and just kind of talk about our past, talk about how worldliness affected us and how it, you know, kind of fueled sin in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been behind the scenes and, you know, helping with some of the filmings that Pastor Steve has been doing. And one of the things he talks about is that worldliness is not just like TV, uh, like social media or things like that, but it's more of a corporate consciousness. It's more of a mindset of the world mm-hmm. trying to unify people against God and how things like television, things like movies, things like music or social media mm-hmm. pull us into that. So to start off, like, what were some of the uh, worldly influences that you guys saw in your own lives and what drew you to those things. Hmm. So for me, I didn't grow up Christian. You know, my folks were just like, yeah, if you want to go to church, go, but I'm like mm-hmm. eight years old, don't have a car. How am I going to get to church? So I didn't go. Yeah. And, you know, 16 years old, a bunch of stuff happens, get to a place where I encounter a knowledge of God and I'm like, I want that. I don't want to go to hell. And he sounds really great. So I'm going to just stick him on top of my already worldly, unchanging life and just go forward. And so it was always washing back and forth. Couldn't get out of it. And in a way, I just like didn't want to. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to keep those things. It, mm-hmm. You know, it just reminds me of the rich young ruler. You know, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Like I didn't have much, but I had a whole bunch of heart things. I had a whole bunch of heart wealth in the world, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I just didn't want to give that up. Mm-hmm. What, that's was, what, what were some of those things like for you? Were you? It was o- almost always music, like mm-hmm. metal and mm-hmm. like the dark, dark rap. And I just, I just wanted to stay there. Like I love. I was thinking about it several months ago, and up until like challenged here at Pure Life in the program. Mm-hmm. There was always something that was like, I like that darkness. Like I just yeah. liked, mm-hmm. I liked the darker feel of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like movie, all of it. Like I didn't really care what it was. Like if it had a dark tint to it, like if the bad guy had a chance of winning, I was mm-hmm. down. I yeah. wanted mm-hmm. it. But I said I was Christian, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like cheering for the devil in that way. It's mm-hmm. insane, but mm-hmm. it's where I was at. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah. For me, one of the biggest things that I got into worldly wise was books mm-hmm. and I just loved to read. I loved, it was a good thing Mm -hmm. in many ways, but in a lot of ways, that's how I would escape reality. Mm. That's what drew me to books is I could escape Mm. conviction, 
escape everything that was unpleasant in my life and just have my own fantasy world. And that really, really deadened me to the Holy Spirit in a big way. Mm -hmm. So kind of in the same way <laughs> with you, Kyle, like <laughs> it's even though kind of from a different angle, like being drawn into that, just fascinated with something that isn't real. Mm -hmm. And just the, I mean, I don't think, I mean, you talk about, you know, rap music and the darker things, you know, like heavy metal, you know, these horror movies and things like that. Like people would associate that and be like, oh yeah, that's a bad thing. You shouldn't probably be watching that. You shouldn't probably be listening to those things. But like reading books, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, he reads a book. Like that's not that big of a deal, mm -hmm. but yeah. it took you out of the reality of yeah. life. That was your escape. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest ways that the enemy used that to really deaden me to spiritual realities was just being in control of mm. what I wanted to be in. So I could pick the genre of book that mm. I wanted to read. Um, yeah, whether it was a Western or mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just, I, I read a lot of stuff. I really like, have liked war history and even just real stories of people and just I would just lose myself in those mm -hmm. kinds of things, just lose myself. And it was a very deadening kind of influence in my life that after a while, spiritual realities become so foreign and far away. My heart was just like dull, yeah, very dull. And it, it produced that like lethargy in me that just like I don't, I'm not even really that interested in God. Yeah. For real. Mm -hmm. For me, one of my influences was rap music. That was the first mm -hmm. one that got me. When I was about 12 years old, I remember seeing my first rap music video. And the the womanizing of mm -hmm. women, you know, just the, the way they would like degradate women to the place that they were more of a possession, something that you had and they were this there to please you. And then you see the rapper driving in with a, you know, big Cadillac Escalade with these nice, he had money, he had wealth. He looked like he was doing very, very well. Mm -hmm. At the same time being in church, but the church to me wasn't going after anything different. Mm -hmm. There was still the desire for wealth. There was mm -hmm. still the mm -hmm. desire for possessions, there was still the desire for things mm -hmm. that I saw as like, you know, what people wanted. You know, if you're if you're sick, then you want to be healed. You pray for healing, you know. Mm -hmm. You want mm -hmm. your finances to be blessed, then you tithe more. You want, you know, if you're not doing well, then, you know, maybe you need to start tithing. Like it was, it seemed like the goal in the end was always the same, which was prosperity mm -hmm. and health and wealth and feeling good and you know, having that dream life that the same thing the rappers wanted, the same right. thing the music industry wanted. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think the entertainment industry showed me more of what my flesh wanted mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. like Christianity to me was just like, well, they go after the same thing, but the entertainment industry, the rap, the music and all that, they're going after it, but they get to do what they want. They get yeah. to, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted that sinful lifestyle. I wanted that lifestyle where I didn't have to be controlled by, mm -hmm. you know, what Christians did and didn't do. Still being a good kid, you know, I didn't 
curse around my parents or stuff like that, or I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't know about a lot of the stuff that I did. But when I went to school, you know, just blended in with everybody else. But the more that you would, at least for me, the more that I saw that industry cursing, anger, lusting after a woman, flirting with a woman didn't seem like a big deal because that's what the rappers did. That's what the that's what the musicians did. That's what the actors did. They always mm -hmm. had the beautiful girl. They always had, you know, the nice car. They always had these things. And so, well, their life was going pretty well. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody does. So it it minimized that sin of lust, that sin of anger. Yeah. It just kind of like made it it didn't look that bad, right? you know, because everybody mm -hmm. was doing it. And then yep. you go to school and that culture that I'm in in school, that's what everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. They're all emulating yeah. the rappers. They're all emulating the music industry. They're all emulating the the superstars. That's what they're all emulating. And it gives you this mindset of, well, they're doing it, so it's okay that we do it. The more that you got involved in it, I was like, oh, this is kind of more and more just like, okay, that's okay. We can do this. We can do that. It's not really that bad. That's kind of how it was like with this whole fantasy world mm -hmm. that I came up with. I mean, just basically what I mean when I say that is just an ability to imagine myself in any situation I wanted to be in, mm -hmm. given any desire that I had. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, part of this is like, I always feel like my life is so boring. <laughs> There's nothing good or exciting that happens. So I'm like, ah, you know, these exciting different things that ha happen to people, like it's really, it has a pull for me. Yeah. And so just living in that constantly, like, oh, I want to have an exciting life, or, you know, kind of living vicariously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like how I could get into those kinds of situations is by doing it vicariously through these people that I, these stories mm -hmm. that I was living in. So just like constantly living in that desire to be outside of my normal, boring sphere of life mm -hmm. just familiarize me more and more with this fantasy world. Like I can do, uh, I can fantasize about living immorally. Mm -hmm. I can fantasize about this girl. Like it's not that bad. Like yeah. this is just like a little bit on this side of this other fantasy world that I'm living in. It's not that bad. So yeah. that's kind of like I'm seeing that a little bit the same way that you did, like it's kind of starting to gray the lines a little bit more yeah. and more. Yeah. Yeah. And really the, the people, at least in my view, the people who were the most constrained were the Christians. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that like, you know, I don't want to say missing out, but it's almost like. That's what it felt like. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. looking at their lives, especially uh, personally, you know, mm -hmm. we grew up in a trailer park type, you know, and so it's like, okay, here you have all these people, rich and famous, and they got yeah. everything they want. Yeah. And then we're struggling. Yep. We're struggling over here. And it's like, mm. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to live that life. Yeah. You know? You mentioned you, when you're at home doing the Christian thing. And then when you're at your buddy's house, who's not Christian, like, all right, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. And that immediately prompted me back to in high school. I always had this mentality where, I'd be with my friends and it'd just be downhill. Like all mm. of the stereotypical things, you know, like mm -hmm. prescription drugs, drinking, the whole deal. Come back to my folks' home, not Christian, but still like good people. Mm. Cut it all out. They never came over. Like I, 
I did everything I could to keep all of that segregated. So I had like, that was the mentality I brought into, you know, church life as an adult, hmm. you know, I'm at home, you know, end up getting married, having a couple of kids like, all right, here, everything's square. Yep. Ain't doing none of the things. I'm going to go out. Whatever happens, happens. Like I'm at work and I've got people like, you know, they know I'm a Christian, but then they hear I struggle with pornography. Hmm. You know, they hear the way I talk about some other women that we work with and they're just like, so what's up? And I'm like, well, I mean, I can struggle like everybody else, you know, like how can I smooth this over? Mm -hmm. And man, like that's where it all started to like just go because mm -hmm. I'm smearing, like I'm smearing the lines. Like they're not getting smeared. Like I'm trying to smear them. I'm trying to cover and how do I do this and that? And how do I start to balance? And all of a sudden I've got 16 plates mm -hmm. spinning in the air, but like that one, that one that I want, that one stays spinning. A couple mm -hmm. of them fall and I pick them back up and get back going. But there's that one like that I wanted the whole way through, never once. I kept that thing going hmm. and it wasn't God, mm -hmm. you know, hmm. like he was actually the plate that fell the most. <laughs> so I'm like fighting and blurring things. Mm -hmm. And that one plate wasn't a fair, like mm. everything in my sexual sin just focused around that. Everything went mm. back to that spot. Mm. And I always had this thought like God wouldn't let me do it because it's wrong, hmm. which was true. Up until 2019 when everything came apart, hmm. he just finally was like, here you go. Yeah. And like, I just kept going. Like I kept, like, that was the one thing I kept spinning. Like amongst all the lines, I was like, that's like, that's elite. Like I know that color is blue. I'm going for blue. Yeah. You know, but I've got grays and whites and reds and it's pink and it's all kind of smeared and we don't really know, but that's blue for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, one day this is green then pink, but we're blue right here. Hmm. Just kept going and kept going. What was it that finally made that okay? Like what, you know, it like was, it was this, it was the subtleness of it. Yeah. Because who it was with was a friend, hmm. like a family friend, like our families were close. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, like spirits, mm -hmm. she's close, we're close, you know, one or two warnings. Hey, you know, kind of be careful over there because there's something fishy. Yeah. Okay, cool. But back in my mind, green light. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Nah, not that line. Nah, not, not, not. All of a sudden it's. April, I'm just living in a friend's apartment, like focused on how can I destroy two families just to get this one thing. Like it just got so blurred and so connived and I did not wake up. Yeah. Like it was all just, how can I make this work? How can I, how can I, I built myself into the system. I was the system. The system was me. We were going this way. Like there was mm -hmm. no difference yeah. between me and that mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, yeah, you know, because you see it on television mm -hmm. or I think even Pastor Steve points it out in uh, SI where like there's a marriage and the guy's a jerk and the woman's just mm -hmm. like trying to make it. And this mm -hmm. other guy shows interest and now you're cheering for an affair. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I remember reading that in SI and being like, yep, you're, you're darn mm -hmm. right. That's exactly what it is because that's exactly what I sprinted to. Like mm -hmm. I just ran to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that it wasn't that it was just like, that's what Kyle desired. And that's what, because it was what you desired, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. That's what we desired. But the main thrust of it is the world was saying, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, the world, like you, all the things you're watching, the subtle message coming out is, Kyle, you can have what you want. Yep. It's okay. You, you, can, you can go after that. It's okay. They do it in the, they do it on TV. You know, everything's mm -hmm. fine. And, and then normally- they fall in love and they get together and she realized, oh, that's right. I loved you more than I love that guy. Yeah, everything's fine. And then the movie ends and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so sweet. 
again, that's the world blinding us to the seriousness of what's really happening is you're devastating this other, this yeah. other family. But we don't mm-hmm. see that, and the world doesn't want us to see that. Yeah. The enemy doesn't want yeah. us to see oh, that at all. Yeah, no. And on top of that, even, I'm just thinking about what Pastor Steve was saying about how Babylon is like a unified, Mm -hmm. what is it? Corporate consciousness. Corporate consciousness, yeah, Yeah, that's unified against God or Mm -hmm. in rebellion against God. Man, that's exactly what that sounds like. It's like, yeah, not only are we destroying whatever relationships and, and good things in our lives, but somehow it's popular and a good thing and a attractive thing to do this, to yeah. be in rebellion against God's laws, like to mm. be in lust, to be in adultery, to be in whatever we want to chase after that is an, a direct affront to God's character. Yeah. That's certainly, yeah, man, wow. That's just crazy how we can so dumb things down and so blur the lines that it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. When in reality the the train wreck we're leaving behind mm-hmm. we don't find out until god in his mercy has to show us yeah this yeah. is what's really happening and this is i know that was for me like i i was so striving after that in the entertainment industry that i was like okay if i can just make it if i can just get the dream job if i can just marry the dream girl and then if i can just get this then i'll i'll be happy i'll yeah. be satisfied i'll be good to go and so mm-hmm. that's what it always became. It always became, okay, all right, I get fired from this job. Okay, don't need to repent. No problemo. Right. We're going for this thing. Mm-hmm. I get kicked out of college for, you know, uh, sexual relationship. Okay, fine. But what I'm not seeing the whole time mm-hmm. is the devastation of that girl in college, mm. how much I'm shutting out my family mm. and not giving them a lick of consideration. Mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing it and I didn't care. It's remarkable how much numbness and how much, how dull it really, that kind of a lifestyle. I mean, because like all three of us here were in that. Mm -hmm. I certainly was in how it just desensitizes us to these kinds of things. And I don't think I ever like that even crossed my mind before coming to Pure Life about like this is going to be detrimental to other people, mm-hmm. detrimental to my own. Like this was just something that like at the beginning, it seems so innocuous. Like what in the world is wrong with reading a book? Just yeah, like yeah, you were yeah. saying. Yeah. But it's yeah. just slowly, 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 a little bit over time. I did things that I never imagined I ever would. I, I thought things that I never mm. thought I would ever. That line was a, like complete line I was not willing to cross. But because I continued to foster this in my life, it continued to just draw me further and further and further. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. But I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done and showing like, man, there is a life to be had outside of this. Yeah. And for me in the program, that really began to switch when suddenly I had no access to any of these things. Yeah, yeah. Like... Man, that was something that was completely new for me. Just a set apart atmosphere, a set apart time to just seek the Lord. Things began to, I started seeing things I had never seen before. Yeah. It was crazy. It's interesting because I'm reflecting 
And it's very true how it's when, because I think of for me, like I saw the impact of what I was doing and how it affected other people like immediately at the end of May when it all, it all just exploded. Everything came out, all, everything was out. Everybody knew everything. Everybody knew the text. Everybody knew everything. Hmm. But being exposed, like just being out in the light, it was just like, I woke up and I was yeah. like, oh my, I was in the middle. And I just looked, I was shocked at who I was. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned, I had gone through all these lines and I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. But then for me, what sent me into a lot of fear when I first got into the program was that, okay, I know everything's cut off. I have no access anymore. But I had already run into that problem back when I was 16, 13 years earlier, because I got expelled from school. All my drugs and alcohol were cut off. Mm -hmm. I've not gone back to them since. Praise God. Mm -hmm. But I immediately I was like, well, it's just because you're cut off. That Mm -hmm. lie just snuck right in like Mm -hmm. first week in the last. It's just because you're cut off. Nine months, you'll be out right Mm -hmm. back in. You know, and then I go through the program. I do my two-month extension. I go visit the kids for the first time over Christmas, New Year's, one of the two. And that was the first thing I was terrified of. I went straight to my counselor and was just like, look, I'm going to go see the kids, but like I've been cut off. Like I'm going to go out there and things are going to be there. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. And he was just like, did the Lord do a work in your life or not, Kyle? Hmm. Did he yeah. change you or not? And I was like, I'm going to choose to believe that. Mm-hmm. And like he keeps you, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's so great. Like that cutting off is so needed because just what we've been saying, we've got to see him. Mm-hmm. But it's like Paul says somewhere, like when we see him, we're like him. Paul, John, one of the New Testament letters. (laughs) So then it's almost like when you get in the program, it's almost like a forced separation from the world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're now, us as staff members now are living a life separated from the world. Mm -hmm. And how has that personally for you guys, what have been some of the benefits of separating yourself from the world? Yeah, for me, I've really seen this, um, especially coming out of that fantasy world, that fantasy life that I just lived, how that has given me the ability to focus on God, Mm. the ability to see the Lord Mm -hmm. and to take even pleasure and delight in his presence. being separated from that has given me a new capacity Mm -hmm. to enjoy the Lord, to love the Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because we're such fickle beings, there's there's only one thing that we can love. There's just one thing. I mean, Jesus told us that you will either serve one or the other, Mm -hmm. uh, one master or the other, and I can't be loving the world and loving God at the same time. So having my heart been purified and still being purified from that, that has given me a new desire even for the things of God, a desire to, to be in the Word and in prayer, a desire to pour my life out, and has cleared away. I mean, it's just, it's like you become intoxicated, you come mm-hmm. just polluted with the world to the extent that the things of God just are like, meh, like I don't really yeah. feel like seeking the Lord, but that's... It has increased my hunger for God. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things for me that I'm grateful for. That's yeah. really just huge for me. Yeah. And you, yeah, that's it. Like just, you mentioned like what stood out to me when you said that is like to see him. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been reflecting on that the last few mornings, like, man, just to see Jesus, like just to just to have that veil all the way back. But I would have never cared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never cared. But now yeah. I'm like, I want that veil back so bad. Like just to look him dead in the eyes one time for as long as a fickle human can do so. Like just to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then and then for me, I always you mentioned earlier, Austin, like the thoughts. Mm-hmm. I when I came here, I couldn't think straight. Like we would have the week long talk fasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hated those. Hated them so much because no one else is saying anything. No one else is distracting me from mm-hmm. me. It's mm-hmm. just it's just me just spinning around. Oh my gosh. It, it was horrible. I felt there was one over the winter where I felt like I was going nuts. Like mm-hmm. I was in the shower and all I could think is I just want to put my head through this wall. I can't my think but I think so clearly now. Yeah. It's not awful anymore. Like I just, yeah. it just, it's that cleanliness. It's that cleaning mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it just has cleaned out my skull and it feels so wonderful. Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. It's, um, I know for me, gratitude is what I have now mm-hmm. that I didn't have when I was in the world. It was always a push for something more. I was never satisfied. And, to realize, at least for me, that I can be content mm-hmm. with what the Lord's given me. Yeah. And I'm satisfied in it. And I'm satisfied in having Him. Mm-hmm. That's what's different. Getting that worldliness out of my life has helped me to be grateful, to see the Lord, and then also to see other people. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to look at you guys, to be able to look at Kyle and Austin and be concerned for them. Mm-hmm. How are they doing when mm-hmm. before it's just like, well, I don't care. Right. Because they're kind of just a speed bump in my way, you know, right. when now it's more like, I want, I really want to know how those people are doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just more peace in that life than yeah. the life that I had before. Yeah. So much more peace. I have more peace and more fulfillment now than I ever had mm-hmm. after yeah, years of trying to pursue my own way. Now giving all of that up mm-hmm. and living a simple life like we do here now is there's so much rest in that. Yeah. I'm so thankful for it. Thanks for listening. You can check out the rest of this episode by looking for episode number 492, Babylon, Satan's Seat of Power, wherever you get your podcasts.